0: You hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And uh, what matters to me? Well, I think my man Todd Hurley out there, uh, Rams running back, got a lot of guaranteed money. Close to 40-something million dollars, I believe it is. And, and that's just, that's exciting for me. I'm happy about that. I wish more players in football got more guaranteed money. Uh, And that just matters to me Because that's something that years ago in my days uh, You know that we fought for And uh, we struck for And uh, now Todd is uh, Getting some money And uh, it's guaranteed Put his name on the line He's going to get his money So um, Just wanted to say that Wanted to get that off my chest And a couple other good things I got my man uh, Willie on with me Uh, Willie how you doing man?
1: I'm good Ray, good to be back with you, it's been a while since it's been the two
0: of us at the same time Yeah man, I, you know, uh, you know, life happens and so be, because of that uh, We haven't been on the air here for a couple of times So, uh, But I'm, I'm glad to have you on, got a couple of things I want to talk about That we're going to discuss uh, Of course, um, I started to make uh, In terms of uh, what matters to me And I think I, I may switch it up because it may be I think it's a little bit more important to me uh, because it's the health and safety of players and uh and I'm I I, I want to have a conversation with you discussion uh about uh Josh Gordon and uh the the issues that he's he's faced with out there uh some mental health issues uh and that's extremely important to me um and uh want to talk about that so uh, he might share that what's important to me uh with the with the running back from the Rams. Also, uh, I want to spend some time uh, talking about the reality of uh, the fans. Should they really get excited about possibly having Odell Beckham in Cleveland at some point in time? Or, again, is that just, you know, friends having fun and sharing their experiences of, of getting prepared for a season uh, through social media? Uh, is that all that is? is? Nothing else to concern be concerned about. Uh, them daggone Dallas Cowboys. We're gonna talk about them a little bit, you know, because it seems like you know, you know, Dax' uh, progression is is not enough for them. They they gotta, you know, if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I happen to think that Dax' you know throwing motion is pretty good. I think he did pretty damn good for a two year, you know, second year season. I, you know, I just don't sometimes. You, you just don't understand But uh, some people want to do What they want to do Of course we want to talk A little bit about the Buckeyes And can't do a show Without talking about My main man LeBron James <laughs> You know we always <laughs> Always got to talk about LeBron But let, let, let's go back uh well, beginning And uh, like I said uh, I want to talk a little bit About uh, Josh Gordon And I understand that The reports are coming Out of Cleveland That perhaps maybe uh, He's going to miss some time uh, He's He's dealing with Some mental health issues uh, as I said, personally, myself, I, I don't ever... There are certain things when it comes to people, period, that, you know, that we have to take serious. And, you know, players like myself, players that have played in previous generations of sports, you know, it, it's sometimes the teams don't take things as serious as they should. Um, we obviously have... Uh, Lost players, uh, I think we just lost a quarterback, a young man here um, recently this summer. Quarterback has taken his life. Uh, There are signs, people say things, whatever. If if there are signs, uh, then they need to be dealt with, and and it should become a priority for the team if they really care about these individuals. Josh Gordon, I, I think football is number two now. If he's got mental health issues, I think they take precedence over everything else, and just want to hear what what you think about that
1: yeah um he he definitely taken time to uh, deal with it, his anxiety and uh, in years past he would have self-medicated and handled those issues with marijuana with alcohol and i think it's a very very proactive step for him to recognize i can no longer do those things those are the things that cost me time on the field cost me financially cost me in uh, several different ways so uh, it was scheduled. It was uh, not necessarily publicized, but it was always known uh, by the team, by Josh, by those around that he would take this time uh, at the beginning of training camp to uh, to handle those issues, to to uh, attend additional counseling. And again, I think it's, it's great that he, A, recognizes it, B, recognizes that he can't do what he's always done to handle those issues, and then C, handle those issues now in July, miss a little time in July, maybe a little until August, versus uh, missing time in November, December, what have you, because he's only played in the last three seasons out of a possible 48 games, he's only played five. So I think it's, an, uh, again, a, a, a tremendous uh, power move by him to to recognize and that he needs to take this time.
0: You know, uh, and again, not knowing... All the details of, of the situation, uh, but I understand there's some anxiety and some mental health issues. I, my personal I'm not a doctor, but, but I, I think those are two different issues. I think the anxiety and the mental health issues could be two different things, but I certainly believe that there are triggers that you know cause people to kind of spiral out of control whatever issues they're, they're dealing with. and I think in this case, the football season itself. Could be a trigger that could send him off into a, a downward spiral because okay okay here's all of a sudden you know this is football season this is all this pressure I got to do all this you know all this performing all these expectations you know and it could send him kind of spiraling out, out out of control and knowing that when the season comes when it's time for him to go into the training camp he could have known what his habits had been in the past. And perhaps maybe that might be the reason why this was certainly scheduled. But I could certainly see, you know, any athlete who's ever, you know, participated in college or professional sports knows that there is a certain amount of anxiety that if, if you're a healthy human being that you experience when this time of year comes around. And so I I, I applaud the, the Browns, uh, all of his doctors, if they are aware of the fact that, hey, th- this is a, a time where we really need to. Keep an eye on him, do another assessment, uh, you know, check him out, uh, give him all the support that he needs. But <laughs> but it certainly, um, to me, you know, makes sense. Um, I'm just wondering from a, from the mental health perspective, if they've identified what those issues are that he's suffering from. And if they uh, actually identified it medically, what the issue, what, what, what you want know, to when they say mental health, uh, have they you know, giving us uh, a diagnosis as to exactly what it is?
1: Um, I haven't heard the the term mental health, and and I I tried to stay away from that as well. One uh, particular reporter mentioned that yesterday, a very, very prominent reporter. I won't won't mention him here, but once he mentioned mental health, it kind of spiraled. Oh, it's mental health, it's mental health, it's mental health. And I don't necessarily know enough about the situation to, to diagnose it or call it mental health issue. I do know that Josh, in the past, has mentioned his anxiety and how he would medicate with alcohol, and and marijuana in the past. So that that's why I, I use that term. But as far as mental health, you know, given the, the the landscape of of the things right now, I don't I don't necessarily want to attach mental health issues to him uh, because I don't know. Right? I, you know, I don't. Yeah. I don't know that that's been diagnosed or, or determined.
0: Yeah, and and as I said, the uh, the anxiety that. Uh That comes along with a a NFL training camp and, uh, you know, all of the attention, the media, uh, the expectations from the fans, uh, particularly this year. I mean, uh, one thing about it, you know, there's a little excitement in, in, in Ohio in particular Ah, uh, because of the fact that not only Josh is is coming back, but there's some other c- components that the team has added, uh, and and there's a little optimism around the state about what what possibly could happen with the Browns. Am I right about that?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I mean, we've, we've talked about it in the past. Uh, the previous regime, uh, regime, Sashi Brown, uh, and his staff uh, did not necessarily set the roster. Uh, with the expectation of winning. And now you have John Dorsey coming in, and he has pretty much uh, brought in a, a brand new culture, and the players that he's brought in has have uh, done a, a tremendous job in, in setting that culture of winning and high expectation. Uh, Jarvis Landry, uh, Tyrod Taylor, uh, those type players that have come in, uh, former Buckeye, uh, Carlos Hyde, have come in, and pretty much set a, set the tone of what the expectation is in Cleveland. It's no longer, you know, Cleveland's the doormat of the NFL. We're, we're going to come in and, and get a win because we're playing the Browns. Now it's like, look, you, you went for a 60-minute battle every time you come to uh, First Energy Stadium or if the Cleveland Browns come to your stadium, so
0: yeah, no, you know, really interesting about that is, uh, I believe that it's it's an attitude, and, and it's an attitude, and I think an attitude could be adopted when you get winners. You know, people who are accustomed to winning are not accustomed to losing. So you go into a game with a mindset that you're you're going to win, as opposed to. We might lose, and and I think, uh, and I, I think I've talked about it on the show with you before, Willie. Uh, it happened to me years ago. I had a friend uh, who was upset about somebody we drafted from uh, a university that didn't win very many games. It's like hell, he he doesn't know anything about winning, you know. So why would we want to bring somebody who's you know who's deeply ingrained into accepting losing as opposed to a winner? And I I think that's one thing that the Browns have done. Is they've bought some winners. They've bought some people who have uh, some confidence in their abilities. Now, with that being said, I'm, I'm curious to hear from you about the quarterback situation. Is is that is that a competition? It, are we in a quarterback competition at this time, or is it is it is it is it uh, Tyrod's job for sure, or 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 is there going to be a, a a competition?
1: No, no. There's there's no competition from day one. Uh, Hugh Jackson has put it out there that. Tyrod's the starter. Tyrod's my guy for this year. Now he has one year left on his contract, so next year, you know, not going beyond this year. Who knows? But certainly for the 2018 season, there's no quarterback competition, uh, absent of any type of injury. Uh, Tyrod Taylor will be um, the starter, and that goes back to that culture we talked about. He's he's setting the tone as well. He's a first guy in, last guy out quarterback. You know, he's the one. Organizing, he and uh, Jarvis Landry organizing team events, organizing team outings away from the facility, getting guys comfortable with knowing each other away from the football field. So, uh, and that's what you would expect from your quarterback, the leader of your of your team, in, in most respects. So, no, I think you know, again, absent up an injury. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is the starting quarterback for the Cle- Cleveland Browns.
0: And that, and that's something that will carry over that 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 chemistry, that cohesiveness of of, of being together, spending time together. You know, it's one of those things that's almost like, you know, I, this happens with me and my wife a lot of times, you know, we, you know, what we going to have for dinner, what we want for dinner. She's thinking maybe the same thing I'm thinking, you know. She can finish some of my sentences. I can finish some of her sentences, and and that truly only happens. You know, you don't just walk up to a stranger and you know start a conversation, and you know you end up finishing their sentences. It's it's one of those things. It's a chemistry that develops over time, and it happens in sports, and and so I I certainly think uh, we can look forward to that happening uh, with the Browns. Listen, we got to take a break. We're going to take this break and come back. You listen to Rayella Sports on the Voice America Network with my man, Willie Gibson, and we'll be right back.
2: Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you ready for the latest sports news, the culture around the game and unique insight? Then you need to make Kareem and the coach your destination each week. Host Kareem Rush played for the LA Lakers and has the inside track to personas in both professional and college sports. Co-host Eric Newman is a former basketball coach and now a producer and filmmaker. Together they cover sports and entertainment in a fast-paced hour every Friday at 5pm Eastern Time and 2pm Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
0: All right, you hear the music, you know the show. Here's the Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Uh, what matters to me is, of course, uh, Hurley got his money. Uh, out with the Rams, but uh, my man Josh Gordon. I'm a little concerned about him, and that certainly matters to me. And and off the air, uh, Willie and I were talking and having uh, a couple of little, you know side notes there. And you know, Willie, we said something. I I kind of want to talk about a little bit on the air, and and that is the concern of Josh and the fact that uh, again, this is not something Whereas you know he was supposed to go to training camp. And uh, out of a sudden, instead of going to training camp, he's going to rehab. You know, we don't want people to think something like this. Uh, It appears to be that's been reported that uh, this was uh, part of the terms and conditions of which his rehabilitation, of which it had been identified that he had some anxiety and mental health issues uh, would be treated and addressed. And this is part of the treatment uh, and addressing his issues uh, of which he is participating in instead of um, going to camp for the next few days. Is that correct?
1: The, exactly, yes. He, this is not a result. He did not fail a drug test. Mm-hmm. This is not him going back to rehab. This is not him. It, none of that. And, and I wish more of this would have been reported because for the, the untrained ear, we'll say, it, it kind of pipe, kind of paints Josh in the negative light. Like he just woke up three days before training camp and said, you know what, I'm not going to go. Right. I, you know, right. and, and that's and that's not the case. This is part of his NFL uh, prescribed rehabilitation program counseling through the league that he's having. The, the Browns are aware. The Browns quickly came out with a statement yesterday as well, uh, supporting Josh, letting him know that, you know, he's fine with us. He'll be back when he's avail- when he's ready to come back. And uh, yeah, this is this is not a surprise. It was a, it's a surprise to us. Because we found out about it yesterday, but the, the team and Josh and his doctors and, and those around him have, have known this was this was the plan the entire time.
0: Well, that, that's extremely important that that you said that, too, because like we said, this is not something where he woke up and said, hey, I, I got to go to rehab. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, I had a relapse it's, it's none of that kind of stuff. And, and we're not reporting it or discussing it like that. We're right. clear. We're clarifying and letting people know that it was not that that this indeed was Planned and scheduled, and it's on the calendar. So he basically is going to be, although he's not going to be present, he's going to be present in, in, in training camp. So it's not like he's absent from training camp and he's going AWOL and they don't know what's where he's at or what he's doing or they had no idea he was going to do that. So he will not be uh, subject to fines. He will get all of his money. You know, he will get if there's a reporting bonus or anything of that nature would not be affected because this is all part of something that was designed um, in order to help him along with his recovery, which is, again, I want to commend the Cleveland Browns on that because, um, you know, he is under the supervision of uh, some medical professionals who will help him get better as as a person he'll get better. And then when he goes out on the football field, then that's up to the coaches to improve his his playing on the football field. But uh that's something that uh will be second, you know, that'll be second on his line item in terms of importance in his life right now. Uh but it's getting himself together. So okay, well that's good. So uh so let's move on and let's let's talk about something else. Another receiver um uh, that for some reason is not in the, uh, you know, well, the reason he's not in the Cleveland Browns uniform is because he's a member of the New York Giants, but there's been some conversation about Odell Beckham and the Cleveland Browns. Now, uh, well, how, how much credibility do you give to any type of rhetoric there is about Odell Beckham possibly becoming a Cleveland Brown wide receiver because of the fact he's unhappy with his contract situation? Um, you know, they either you know, delayed or don't want to talk to him at the time, don't want to renegotiate with him at the time. Uh, There's been said that uh, Odell's not happy with that. Some other people out there, the press, where he feels that he's uh, as good as or better than or making uh, a lot more money than him. He hasn't got his contract. What do you think about all this stuff?
1: Um. Well, a couple things. The, the, the viability of him becoming a Cleveland Brown, the dots are there so to speak, his, his college Go wide ahead receiver connect, coach.
0: Connect, connect those dots for us.
1: Okay, okay. The college His college wide receiver coach at LSU, Adam Henry, is now the Cleveland Browns wide receiver coach. So that's one. His best friend, former college teammate Jarvis Landry, is now a Cleveland Brown. So you look at those two and it's like, okay, Odell, two of the closest people he has in football, are now Cleveland Browns so it's inevitable and as you said he's unhappy with his contract situation in New York so the dots are there after this year I'm um, strict free agent Odell Beckham can become Cleveland Brown <laughs> on paper yeah I don't I just don't know that it would, I just don't know that that would happen for a couple reasons one I mean, that's a lot. I mean, wide receivers, as we, we know, are, are known as the divas of the of the football field, of the football team. So you have Josh Gordon, you have Jarvis Landry, and now you bring Odell Beckham into that wide receiver room. I don't know. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily know if uh, there's a such thing as too much talent, but there's only one football. And somebody's always going to be open when they come back to the huddle. And talk to Tyrod Taylor, Baker Mayfield, whoever it is. So, do you want to necessarily put that vol? And then the volatility of the of the of the personalities. I mean, Odell's a big personality. He's he's in New York. He's in L. A. He's he's in Milan, Italy. He's worldwide. So, do you want to bring that into the locker room? I don't. I don't know. But I think ultimately, at the end of the day, it's 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 fun to talk about before training camp. You know, it's kind of a lull in the in the news cycle and you know, have a little fun on social media, but I think I think he gets his deal done in New York and uh, he stays where he is.
0: Well, you know, um, I hope he does not get his deal done in New York. <laughs> I hope he does uh, find his way to Cleveland because it kind of reminds me, and I'm going way back, you know, uh, uh-huh. uh, they, they got the, the uh, I forget who, uh, but Snoop is on the song with with the, with the girls they sing, you know, way back, you know, uh, but there's a time when you go way back where this, this group of receivers would remind me of this time. And that's when Bernie Kosar didn't know, you know, okay, man, if I don't get the ball over to Webb, pretty soon Webb going to get mad. And Reggie Lang, Reggie Langhorn, you know, Reg is open on every play, you know, and then you got the hall of fame tight end, you know, Ozzie Newsom, you know, Ozzie open. So, you know, you, you've got, you know, some people to distribute the ball to, you know, and, um, and then you got BB, you know, you got Brian Brennan, you know, and Brian, hey, man, he's going to catch it every time you throw it to him. So, you know, so who you going to, what you going to do? And it sounds to me like it reminds me, and, and the personalities, like you talk about Odell Beckham personality, you know, in terms of a bigger personality, I'm going to say the last time the Browns would have had a personality in that locker room like Odell would bring would be when Hanford was there. And and, and it hasn't been a personality like Hanford's in the Browns locker room since Hanford you know and uh so it it's something that the browns have you know it's, it's been a part of who they are they are no longer the browns they're the dogs it, you know it's a dog pound because of a personality like that and because of uh the confidence that uh you know the hanford had in himself even though he's on the defensive side of the ball you know it's equivalent to somebody being at the wide receiver position and i think you need that you know you uh you know you have Bernie at quarterback you know and then you have somebody you know, behind him who, uh, who thought Mike Pagel thought he should been starting, you know, so you got Tyrod, you know, at quarterback, and, and then you got Baker who thinks he should be in there, you know, so, you know, you got talent, you know, and, and I don't, I don't want to say that Baker Mayfield is ready yet, but at the same time, you've got a confident individual, you know, back there, so I'm kind of excited about what could happen, and, and what could happen did develop years ago. And perhaps maybe we might see that again, you know. And so, so I'm, I, I'm really excited about it. And I, that's why I wish Odell would come. I wish he would come. I wish he'd, 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 he'd bring that, that mojo that he has, bring it right on into Cleveland. You know, we just got a, a big personality just left. We need, we need another big personality. LeBron is gone. <laughs> so we need, we, we need a big personality. So, uh, you know, come on down, trade him. Do whatever you can, you know, because it could be a situation where if he becomes a free agent, he walk away, the Giants don't get anything, you know. And, uh, and we're going to talk about that later on in the show because uh, I wanted to talk about, you know, players doing stuff like that. A little bit. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. But, but those things that I just put together there, does that make sense to you does that, does that also connect the dots and see how it possibly could happen?
1: No, it does. I see exactly why you say that. I don't I'm not against it. I'm, by no means am I against it But yeah, I see exactly what you just put on the table Why it makes sense and why it could happen
0: Yeah, and uh, Certainly hope so, man Because uh, we, we certainly need that uh, Back there in Cleveland After all, like I said, we uh, we just lost a, a huge personality Out of there And uh, one that, that kept people talking uh, Throughout all seasons You know, baseball, basketball Hockey <laughs> You know, football and uh, if we bought Odell in there, I think he could uh, contribute something uh, similar to that. But um, so we'll see. So uh, in terms of uh, uh, Baker Mayfield, um, what what, do you, what are you feeling about uh, Baker and his approach? Uh, I, I understand that, you know, him, him and Tyrod is getting along pretty good there. Uh, you think that they'll be OK in the locker room together?
1: Definitely. Definitely. Again, Tyrod, I mean, just not only here in Cleveland, but it's time in Buffalo, Going back to his time in uh, Baltimore, he's always had that personality of a leader. You know, even as the backup in Baltimore, people gravitated to him, and he went to uh, Buffalo and uh, took took, to, took the Bills to the playoffs for, for the uh, first time in 19 years, and now he comes to Cleveland. So I think with his personality, I think Dave, uh, again, Hugh uh, Jackson and the staff in the front office made it abundantly clear to uh, Baker, that hey, you're this is Tyrod's job. Now, again, being a competitor, you know, as Baker is, of course, you're going to go out there and, and do your best and, and and whatever it takes that you feel you have to do to obtain the job. But I don't, I don't think that it's necessarily an, an issue. You know, he's learning a lot. He's come out so he's learned a lot in that quarterback room from uh, Tyrod, uh, from example, the example of Tyrod as well as. Uh, you know, Tyrod taking him to the side and and showing him some things. So I think they have a, from what all reports that I've heard, have a great relationship. And I, I think everything will be okay for this year.
0: Yeah, no, I think uh, Baker wants to be a good citizen in, in there in the state of Ohio. I think the last time he, uh, you know, came through there, uh, he was a bad boy. <laughs> and you know, uh, I think he's looking forward to uh, being embraced by the people of Cleveland, and I think they will be uh, very hospitable to him. So. Look forward to him um, getting a couple snaps in, in preseason. And uh, uh, Hard Knocks is going to be uh, coming through there. So uh, we're going to take a break, Willie, and then we're going to come back we'll talk a little bit about that. Listen to Rail, sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. My man, Willie Gibson, with me. We'll be right back. <laughs> All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in for living like it matters, and what matters to me? Okay, running backs are finally getting paid, getting their money. Hurley got his money, and um, also very much uh, concerned. What matters to me is that I'm very much concerned about Josh Gordon and his uh, mental health issues that he's dealing with, and and I want to stress the mental health part. Um because I think that uh, takes precedence over anything else, uh, any other assumptions, any, any, any negative connotations that goes along with what, what the young man is dealing with. So um, Willie and I were talking about a couple things off the air there. And um, one thing we talked about is it's 113 for those of you out there listening. And that is not the time. I know the show comes on at one o'clock, but it's well past 113 the time. It's 113 degrees here in phoenix arizona but I, it's, I'm, I'm good i'm good I'm, I'm telling you, i'm walking outside it's 113 and i'm not sweating that's what they mean by a dry heat okay when you walk around if you got a suit on and i'm in philly or i'm in cleveland or i'm in canton and i got a suit on and it's 80 or 90 degrees i'm sweating here i'm assuming i'm perspiring but because it's so hot i'm assuming that's what happened is you know it just dries it up but i can tell you I ain't sweating. Don't let them see you sweat. So I'm not sweating it. The Browns aren't sweating it either. So uh, well, let's get back, if you will, man, to a uh, couple things talking about the Browns. Uh, one thing I will say has me a little bit concerned because of all this potential that we have there in Cleveland, Hard Knocks is coming to town. Hard Knocks has not been – Hard Knocks has been hard on every team just about uh, that they have spent time there with. Uh, what, what do you think about Hard Knocks coming to uh, – Cleveland.
1: I see that as a positive. I mean, you know, like, like we talked about earlier, I mean, they, what, all you hear in Ohio is the 0 and 16, 1 and 31. So we've talked about the culture change. We've talked about uh, the players that they have in there. So I think it's an opportunity for them to show on a national stage we're not the same old Browns. We are turning this thing around. So, and, and you're right. Hard knocks has been hard on, on players and teams in the past, but I think for, the, for Cleveland, for the Browns, I think it's a new beginning. I think he gives the team, uh, we, we've talked about Baker Mayfield and, and those guys, but Miles Garrett, last year's number one overall pick. A lot of people don't even realize the number one overall pick of last year's drive is Miles Garrett and he plays for the Cleveland Browns. So I think that gives them, players like that, an opportunity to be showcased and, and to be featured and I think it's a
0: positive well i'm just gonna say this and i'm i'm, I'm down with my man miles gear but I, I, i'm i sorry to say that hard knocks should not be the reason why we know you we we need a little bit more of that we should know that you were the number one pick and you're in cleveland and, yeah. and so we, we you know so we asking everybody to turn it up a little bit this time because in reality hard knocks is coming and you're right this gives them a chance to shed any type of negativity that goes along with hard knocks showing up. And I'm also going to give, I'm going to give the national football league a little credit here only because I, I, I'm not going to say they jumped on board or that they believe, or they think that Cleveland is, you know, going to turn it around. It just so happened. I think it was already in the plans that the Browns was going to be the team of which uh, hard knocks would, would, would be on campus. It just so happened that the team went 0-16. That that had nothing to do with it. They they didn't change it because, you know, they could could have changed it. But I think that now they do see the potential with the Browns. There is some excitement in Cleveland, and I think they want to roll with it because certainly that's their product. They, They still are one of 32 teams, and they still collectively make decisions, and that is a product where as very easily they could have gone in to the Browns and said or, or to the league and said, hey, we need something better. You know, you know, over oh, oh, 16 team come on. Really? Is this is what you want us to use? Do you really want us to do this? But but I, I believe that they believe in the Browns. I think they believe in the potential. And now it is really up to the fellas. So that's that's a, an additional motivator for the fellas, I would think that with hard knocks coming in, that the fellas want to turn it up a little bit. I I would think this is an added incentive for them to play better football from the beginning and to start it off from the beginning and get it right from the beginning. Because that's what you got to do. You got to get it right from the beginning. You know, preseason does count. All those people out there that think that preseason does not count, that's a myth. If you ain't functioning and it it ain't clicking on all cylinders in the preseason, you can't just turn it on in the regular season. No, you, it's it's practice, it's, it's it's game preparation, you know, for you to get yourself ready for the season. So I'm I'm really excited about that. And uh, by the way, uh, Willie, just in case you know, uh, I think they sent out a schedule. I don't know if you got it or if I sent it on to you or whatever, but I think the fans get a chance to to participate in hard knocks, but not. Every practice, they're not going to be able to attend, I believe. It's something similar to that. Have you heard anything about that?
1: I did see uh, earlier today uh, a schedule of, of training, training camp practices, but I didn't hear anything associated with Hard Knocks and the fans. No. Uh-uh.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure they probably, you know, the fans are going to show up anyway. The fact that Hard Knocks is going to be there, there will probably be some fans who – ordinarily probably would not attend, who may want to attend, you know, who knows, it's, it's the fans, maybe they have one chance, one shiny moment, they get their 15 seconds of fame and uh, certainly want to do it. Uh, I guess the dog the dog pound will be out for sure. <laughs> so, uh, in training camp, they'll be strong. So, uh, But anyway, uh, let's just, uh, let's move on because I want to go over to what I feel, I could be a little biased, but I feel is the best conference in football uh they've got trophies to prove it the nfc east and um of course them cowboys yes sir you know and so you know they got an issue now no you know Dez Bryant is out of there um haven't really done anything to replace him don't have a number one wide receiver but at the same time uh th- th- the quarterback they chose to be their number one quarterback and go with a couple years ago now of a sudden they they want to tweak tweak him a little bit and' his throwing motion and things of that nature what do you think about them trying to tweak Dax throwing motion at this time in his career do, do you think it's a good thing a bad thing if it works don't fix it just talk about that a little bit
1: yeah i don't I don't see a problem i mean he i mean he's young enough he's going into his third season so um I mean I don't see anything wrong with looking to improve. And so yeah, it, I mean, some people say if it's not broke, don't fix it. but I think it's an opportunity for him as a young player to to grow. I mean and they're using the throwing coach of one Tom Brady. So you know it, you know you can't argue with his success not saying that he's Tom Brady, not saying he's going to become Tom Brady because he's working with this coach. But I think it's an opportunity for him to to learn to grow and as a young player. You know, I, I don't. I don't see. I think it's much to do about nothing. Now, if he was uh, uh, perfect and had a, a perfect passer rating, and you say, "Hey, let's tweak his throwing motion," and perhaps you know you can say something about that, but I, I think it's just an opportunity for him as a, as a young player to continue to grow and continue to improve.
0: Well, uh, uh, and I'm sure this ain't going to surprise you. I got a little different perspective on that, and that is, you know, for so long this young man has had the same throwing motion, and it's worked fine for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to and, and be quite honest, I would not, you know, if I had to look back over the Dallas Cowboys and critique their play and Dak's play in particular, if what I say that perhaps maybe the reason why they're not winning is because his ability as a passer is, uh, needs to, to improve and and in terms of throwing motions, this is another thing where I you know I know that most quarterbacks that that come into the National Football League, they've been throwing in such a way that is they're comfortable, and and when you try try to change things and tweak things, I don't think I've ever seen uh, a throwing motion, um, and I hate to say because I but I can't I just can't think of any other. Were the, the most unorthodox throwing motion I've ever seen was Bernie Kosar, and yeah. and and we all see the success that Bernie Kosar had, and you know, Lenny Infante did not try to change his throwing motion at all. They did never change, never did anything to change his throwing motion. I, my personal belief is that uh, the improvement of a quarterback is again the chemistry of him and the receivers. The 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 more they work together. The, the more time he spends with his uh quarterback coach and the offensive coordinator to to uh articulate with them uh what he's comfortable with, what plays he's comfortable with, uh the more time he spends uh, reading coverages, watching film, understanding uh the philosophy of, of of the defenses that he's up against, the more time he spends doing that. I think the better he will become as a quarterback. I really I really don't think those you know, tweaking his throwing motion, again, that's too much, you know, that's that's almost like, you know, changing his shoes at the last minute, you know. You just, uh, wide receiver or running back or defensive back, you just don't do those things. <laughs> no, you just, it, it's not a superstition, it's just, hey, man, this is what I've been doing it my whole life. Uh, it, it's, what, it's what made you draft me, now all of a sudden you want to change it. So, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, we'll see, but uh, I think the Cowboys got some other concerns besides that. And uh, they don't have a wide receiver, although um, I think Zeke's got something to prove this year. And uh, I think that'll help Dak more than anything, is the fact that Zeke will be in there the entire season. And uh, I think he's going to get the work, same kind of workload he got before. So I, I think that I think the answer to, again, to uh, the throwing is, you know, catch them when they're not expecting it some play-action pass. You know, that might certainly help him, but I, but the fact that Zeke is behind him I think is going to, you know, contribute, you know, tremendously to his improved success this year. I, I think he's going to be a better quarterback this year. Uh, what are you thinking about Zeke uh, coming back and possibly the contribution he might make to the Cowboys?
1: No, I totally agree. Uh, it's a stress-free offseason for Zeke. I mean, last year he always had that potential suspension hanging over his head. Was it the whole season? Was it 10 games? Was it, it finally... Uh, ended up being six games, and when he came back, he still almost ran for a thousand yards in ten games. You know, I think it was like nine eighty-three or something like that in in ten games. So, you know, I think with a, a stress-free off season, a, a uh, full off season program, I think he, I think, you know, the sky's the limit for Zeke. And like you said, with a, a full-time Zeke back there, it's going to do nothing but uh, help that De- or uh, Dak Prescott. I'm going to say Des Bryant, but. Dak Prescott in his uh, maturation as a quarterback.
0: I like that. All right, we'll take a break on that one. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phineas Living, like It Matters. myself and Willie Gibson. will be back after these messages.
2: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice of America Sports. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
0: You hear the music? You know the show you listen to. Ray Ellis sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Uh, What matters to me is, of course, um, Hurley got his money, and um, my man in Cleveland. Of course, we Josh. We praying, hoping for him that he gets himself together with uh, some issues he's dealing with mentally. Uh, It's time now for me to talk a little bit about Big Money Ball. Big money ball, that ain't football. Hurley got some money, but man, I'm talking about basketball money. You know, when you talk about basketball money, you talk about big, big, big money. And it looks like, uh, according to what Willie tells me, that uh, K-Love, four years, $120 million extension. Basketball money guaranteed. Now, here's the thing about it. Kevin Love is a good basketball player, but... $120 $120 million for Kevin Love. I think Kevin Love will put butts in the seats because, you know, some people embrace him. But Kevin Love on the basketball court, $120 million. Okay, Willie, you brought it yep. to my attention. So let me, you, you give me an answer to this. Is Kevin Love $120 million? And wait, he's. I think you told me he was $8 million short of a max deal.
1: So yeah, I checked it, I checked that number. It actually was uh, closer to 10. So he, he could have signed uh, four years, 129.7. So okay. he has a little, little under 10 million.
0: Okay, so he you mean he could have. Okay, so in other words, they, they they, obviously didn't offer him the 129 because if he took the 120, I'm sure he would have took the other nine.
1: No, he offered it. They offered it.
0: And he didn't take it what he said, I'm not worth the other nine? <laughs> no, no, that's not what happened. Okay, all right. He, so so th- let's talk to me about the 120 period and Kevin yep. Love. Yep. You the you the GM for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yep. You got 120 million dollars to spend. Yep. You spending it on Kevin Love. Yep. Okay. You tell me why.
1: Why not? Here's why I'm gonna do it. All right, people. I've been talking to people in Cleveland all day about this. Number one, Kevin Love's already under a contract. I think he signed five years, 110. So he's already making this year. 24-1, uh, 24.1 million. So that's one. Two, people, let's let's go back five years. And I'm not saying, and, and I know I'm setting myself up, because it he's not the player <laughs> he was five years ago. I know, I know that. But people get caught up in this Kevin Love in Cleveland. Kevin Love, even as the third option, when you had Kyrie, when you had LeBron, was giving you 19 and 10, 20 and 10, on a nightly basis as the third option. So if you're giving me twenty and ten as the third option, I saw I, I brought you here for what you did in Minnesota. Absolutely that's a thirty million dollar a year player. In this today's NBA, as a third option, you give me nineteen and ten as the number one option because of course he's the number one option now in Cleveland. Absolutely you give that man that four year hundred and twenty million dollar extension.
0: Okay, so right now this is not what you know. This is what have you done for me lately? So right now, mm-hmm. Kevin Love is the number one option, and that's all. You, and that's all. That's all you got. So Kevin Love is you going from LeBron James and Kyrie Irving to now Kevin Love is selling your tickets. Kevin Love is the reason that when you go on the road and other teams here, the Cleveland Cavaliers are in town, they sell out because Kevin Love is coming to town. Kevin Love is the reason why you down in Columbus and you want to drive two hours up to see. The Cleveland Cavaliers play because you want to see Kevin Love. Kevin Love is the reason why it's a national TV game on Sunday on Mother's Day, and you want to tune in. and You want the Cleveland Cavaliers to be playing because Kevin Love is playing. Is that what you're telling me?
1: That's not what I'm telling you, but I'm telling you <laughs> that's that's. See, I saw what you were doing. I saw what you were doing. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying,
0: I'm, I'm saying. You're the general manager, though. The, I want yeah. you I want you to be the GM now. So you gotta sell. You gotta sell me some tickets. You gotta sell me something. This is yeah. this is your product, but, and Kevin Love you know is what? what you're selling. Yep. You
1: know why? But here's why. Dan Gilbert's not going to take. When LeBron left, it was a foregone conclusion, a conclusion. Everybody in the world, oh, they gotta trade Kevin Love. They gotta trade J.R. Smith. They gotta trade George Hill. They gotta trade, trade, trade. They're not trading anybody.
0: They're not trading anybody. I, I would not have I would not have said that. I wouldn't trade Kevin Love. But I just wouldn't give Kevin Love. Kevin Love to me. $120 million is still a lot of money. Kevin Love is not worth 120 million now it could be the timing and position he's in it could just be at the right place at the right time obviously it is the right place in the right time and that's how he capitalized off of it but the threat of somebody else knocking kevin love's door down to give him 120 million dollars i don't think that threat existed i think dan gilbert was i think they pulled the trigger a little bit too fast on that one I don't think Kev, I don't think Kevin was holding them hostages and saying if you don't give me one twenty I'm leaving because I got one twenty one over here.
1: No, no, absolutely not. They called Kevin. They called him as soon as LeBron left. They called him and said, "Listen, we're not trading you. We want to work something out." So I, no, they, absolutely
0: right. I, and I and I agree with that. And again, it, it's just a matter of you know, you got the money to spend. Salary cap requires that you spend X amount of dollars, and so I guess Kevin Love is the only one that makes sense for you to you know spend that money you got to, there's a minimum amount of money you got to spend you got to give it to Kev. okay so but it's my understanding that he's he, he's under contract so this he's under this is an extension so this mm-hmm. is this is picking up after what year
1: this year he he has, he had one year left on this deal at 24.1 this year and then he had a player option for the 2019 season at 256 so what this essentially does is takes out the player option it tax him four years to the last year of this deal, so.
0: and, and 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 simply, I will let him go ahead and you know and go to the player option. You know, see that's the difference in, in football and in basketball. You know, you you got Le'Veon Bell over there. You know, they didn't put the tag on him again, right? You know, and but it, it, it's it's good money. I mean, he ain't turning it down, but you know he, but it is what it is. But uh, I, I just think that in terms of management, the way they the way they handled this. Hmm, I just don't... But, but,
1: but, you know what, You know Ray, right? they had to do something. After they lost LeBron, they couldn't... They had to do something to, to reassure the fan base. Hey, we're still in this. Yeah. You know, so if they leave Kevin Love out there on the last year of his deal, you just lost LeBron, you lost Kyrie the year before that, so in three years, you're potentially telling me you lost the big three back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. I mean, they had to do something.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, if, if you put it like that, you know, if, if they're trying to get some sympathy... And, you know, they may have it. They may win some of that. That may be the only thing that they win. But uh, certainly uh, nobody's hating Kevin Love. Kevin, you know, he was he's as much as that team and a part of that team as, as anybody. We give him all the credit, appreciate all the hard work he's put in, uh, you know, and he was a major piece into, you know, that that, that run that we had there. And mm-hmm. now it's just a matter to see if he can uh, find the fountain of youth. And perhaps maybe uh, you know do something else. I just don't know if it'll happen. But
1: uh, and, that, and that's the irony in all this, right? He was the punching bag. Anytime something went wrong, blame Kevin Love, trade Kevin Love. He's horrible. Got to get him out of here. And out of the big three, he's the only, he's the only one that stayed.
0: Well, let me just say this: I, I I wasn't I I never wanted to get rid of Kevin. I just wanted Kevin to step sure. it up. I, I just right. wanted Kevin because I I've I had seen something in him. And, you know, they always talk about that killer instinct that Kobe has. I just felt that somebody needed to light a fire under Kevin because there was a much tougher, more aggressive basketball player inside of him that didn't show up every night, that wasn't Mm -hmm. consistently showing up. And you said it because, you know, he wasn't the number one anymore. But still, I think the kind of player that he is. Whatever role he has, I think if he just elevated that role, I think uh, we wouldn't be talking about, uh, man, him not deserving of that 120. But but he's got it. But listen, I, I can't let you go, man. We, you know, down in the OHIO, I got to find out what's happening with the Buckeyes. What, what, is Urban talking anything? What What's the expectations? We got a few minutes here, about two. Yeah,
1: well, the expectation is, as always, you know, it's national championship. Now, the story here today is um, – not sure if you uh, were aware of this uh, wide receiver coach uh, Zach Smith was uh, relieved of his duties last night.
0: Last night, now something last ha- night. something had to happen that was not football related for him to be released last night.
1: Yeah, yeah, he um, was well, kind of a, a long ongoing story. Basically, uh, domestic violence against his ex-wife. Oh boy, and uh, th- that's one thing Urban Meyer does not tolerate is mm-hmm. violence against women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you said, you know, this wasn't just my decision. You know, it goes beyond me, but it was the best decision for our team. You know, I can't have these young men coming in and I'm telling them zero talent, tolerance on violence against women. And here it is. One of my coaches, um, uh, the grandson of of, uh, for, of late uh, Buckeye coach Earl Bruce, uh, last original member of uh, Urban Staff. But uh, there was some incidents that uh became public and uh the the move was made to uh to relieve him of his duties
0: and and this was you're saying he was earl's grandson yes Yes. okay well uh certainly um sorry to hear that uh pray for uh the the woman who was the victim i hope and pray that that she's uh in a state of recovery uh mentally and physically and uh, pray for the young man that he gets some help, too, because obviously he's got some issues because there's a better way to deal with that. I uh, also know there's a story going on, forever going on. A politician is formerly uh, involved. Uh, I think a former trainer at Ohio State is in the news, too, for mm-hmm. some okay. issues there. Uh, so just uh, want to pray over the university, man. That's my university. It will always be. That's my school. So uh, uh, hopefully uh, they'll get things turned around. But uh so who who's going to be the, the whose team is it going to be? Who's going to be the rising star this year? You think for the Buckeyes there, Willie?
1: Oh, Benjamin Benjamin Victor. I know we just talked about the wide receiver coach being released, but uh, wide receiver Benjamin Victor. He he's the guy.
0: So you think Benjamin? Okay, and so the young fella is going to get the ball to him at, uh, under the helm. Uh, Our quarterback, we're going to get that ball out there to him. So, well, listen, uh, man, time has flown. It went real fast. Certainly appreciate you uh, joining me, Willie. Good to be back. Uh, We'll be back next week. Thank you all for tuning in. You've been listening to Rail, the Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.
2: You for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayLSports.com. That's sports.com Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.